I couldn't make a report because she hasn't been missing for 24 hours and then it would look bad on her record. And I'm like, what is he talking about? Because he had told me that he was in love with her, I thought, oh God, he's just wants to know where she's at. He probably wants me to tell him where she is. And so I told him, Casey, it's none of your business. Don't worry about it. Oh, well, she, she left her light on and she never leaves her light on. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is just ridiculous. He doesn't need to be calling me. He doesn't need to be texting me. All we need to know is you're, you're gone. After Casey messaged me on Friday morning, I messaged her just to say hi, something along those words. And then she didn't text me back. But it was a Friday. I know she's busy. I didn't feel anything weird at the moment. I just felt he was weird. Like, what's wrong with this man? After work, I had dinner plans with a friend, went to dinner. Then I got a phone call from my cousin's wife and she said, please don't worry, but Maribel did not make it to the game. None of us have talked to her. Go to her house, we're all going there. We called the police. I think subconsciously, everything just really crashed and I just started crying. I was a mess, like on a whole other level. After she doesn't show up for the softball game, that's when the family goes over to her house to do the welfare check. Maribel's car was in the garage. Her bedroom light is on and nobody's answering the door. The police come and knock on the door. They can't get a hold of anybody in the apartment, so they make the decision to force entry. So as soon as I get there, I pull up to her street and there's like four cop cars out there and there's lights, so I just see all these red lights. And the first thought that came to my mind was I imagined my sister dead in the house on her bed. And so I, I like parked my car somewhere, I left it, got out, I ran into the house. The doors open because the police is already in there. I go to her room and her bed's not done and it's like, her bed's always done. She doesn't leave without making her bed. I mean, it wasn't just undone, it was a mess. At that moment, I just knew something was really off. Where's Casey? I just knew that he did something to her. The police try to locate Mr. Joy. Several phone calls are being made to his phone. He doesn't answer those calls. That was kind of a red flag for us. We have police and family and everyone trying to find out where she's at, and the roommate was not there. It turns out Casey was sitting in the car outside the apartment with binoculars, just watching the house. He actually watches as the family members are knocking on the door and they're trying to get somebody's what attention the fuck? He watches as the police come and um, knock on the door. Maybe an hour into it, he actually leaves his vehicle and actually walks up to the residence. He kind of just walks up to the officers and kind of asks what's going on. Very casual, very uh, nonchalant. And then all of a sudden, Casey pops out of the back of the car yeah. into the crowd. And I see him, and I'm like, Casey, where's my sister? He didn't even look at me. Baby. He went straight to the police officer, and immediately I said, okay, all right. So I, I, I pointed the finger at him immediately. 
that night. Detective Ramirez asked Casey if he'd come down and talk to us. So we brought him here to the station and asked him some follow-up questions. Her baseball bat's in the closet. Her baseball bat or the, her bag was right in the closet. She didn't go play the game. Her bag, her ba baseball bat or in the closet because she didn't go to the game. It was a little bit frustrating kind of getting facts out of him because he kind of spoke broken English. He would make the question and answer just a little difficult, act confused, like he wasn't sure what I was asking him. We found that afterwards, Casey had moved to the States as a young kid, and he spoke very good English, um, very good English. People that knew him real well didn't even know where this accent came from. Um, they even asked me, hey, where'd that accent come from? And I'm like, what accent? They said, he, he's never talked like that. Uh, I said, about my real concern about her friends, her relatives, I said, I, said, I think I have another thing. I think I did something. I honestly have, have worry about that. Some of the neighbors said, ever since this kind of investigation started, his English kind of went downhill. He was trying to give off that feel sorry for me vibe, acting like he's this nice man who didn't do anything, who barely speaks English all of a sudden. Oh, God, it was just, what a show. So do you have anything to do with her being gone right now? Too. Uh, who picked that up? How'd you get all these scratches on you? During the initial interview with the police, Detective Ramirez notices something on Casey Joy's arms. That's something on him, but he had a scratch there. He's sitting there with these scratches on him. Those alone uh, made the hair on the back of your neck stand up. They're fresh, they're raised, they have uh, dried blood on them. You can tell they've been within a few days. I'm thinking, how's he gonna explain these? We go to Eisenhower Park all the time. Uh -huh. We pick up fishing line all the time. You go there, fishing line. Those are from fishing? No, 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 I'm gonna explain. <laughs> His answer to us was that he had received those scratches, taken some fishing line from uh, some bushes or something. He told us right off the bat, oh, this is where, where it happened, and this is the exact park. Sure enough, you get up there, and there's these vicious thorns that absolutely could cause something like that. And it's just like, wow, where did he come up with that one? Even though it was hard to believe. You know, how would we prove that he didn't? Okay. 